Real Gold Showcase for this month celebrates the published seven-volume work by Jean-Frédéric Bernard, with 260 engraved plates by renowned engraver Bernard Picard. The Ceremonies and Religious Customs, better known as Picard Ceremonies, was published between 1723 and 1737. The two volumes of work on display, with illustrated pages, are available to view in the Special Collections Reading Room, Level 2 of Tāmaki Pātaka Kōrero, the Central City Library. Today I'm talking with Andrew Henry, Principal New Zealand and Pacific Printed Collections in the Heritage Collections team at Tāmaki Pātaka Kōrero, the Central City Library. Kia ora Andrew, thanks for your time today and um, for bringing this collection item to the Real Gold case for the month of May. Um, tell me what we're looking at here this month. Oh, kia ora Sue. Uh, we've got a couple of volumes of a work called The Ceremonies and Religious Customs of the Various Nations of the Known World. That is a very long title. Yes, or Picard's Ceremonies for short. Picard is the illustrator. Right. So the actual author's name is... Jean-Frédéric Bernard. His name didn't appear on any of the volumes or, or translations. He was a book publisher. Uh, he became a very rich man out of this, and he wrote the text. The reason I think he didn't put his name on it is it was quite inflammatory. It was on the list of prohibited publications by the Catholic Church in 1738, 15 years, I guess, after the first edition came out in a French. self-preservation then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and both Bernard and Picard, the illustrator, were religious refugees. They'd both fled France for the more tolerant um, environs of Amsterdam. And and when you say the illustrator, what, what he was a, an engraver. They're etchings, aren't they? Yes, Bernard Picard was one of the most famous book illustrators and engravers of his day. And so, yeah, putting his name on it sort of helped them sell mm. papers. He was um, very well known. And you can as you can see from some of these ones, illustrations we have here, his name will appear on the bottom of them. Right. He either copied drawings or for the Jewish prince, which he's particularly famous for, he um, drew them from life. Before, I think, the first issue came out, he'd never been to a cedar, and he was waiting, waiting, waiting to um, go to one so he could draw and then engrave it. Right, so he himself wasn't Jewish, he went as an observation yes, to a cedar. exactly. Interesting. Um, and, and out of all of this work, created seven volumes. It's um, quite extraordinary. Yes, 260 plates, so it's heavily illustrated. It was, um, like I said, a bestseller. First written in French, then Dutch, English and German all quickly followed. And our copies are? Both English. We've got two copies, which is kind of amazing, considering it's all folio size. You can see they're very large. And, yeah, seven volumes of each, 260 plates, uh, divided up into the various uh, monotheistic religions that um, the... Western readers would have been more familiar with, and then as well as Islam. Mm -hmm. And then Idolatrous Nations, it was called, basically throughout Asia, North and South America. Right. As we can see here, Japanese temple. Yeah. They're all presented. Uh, one of the sort of key aspects I should have mentioned this earlier about this work is that it presents the religion comparatively, in a way, sort of increased tolerance. I, I guess comparative religion would want to present a positive version of all the other religion to the readers, who are all. Um, Largely Christian, obviously. Mm. Um, to, so to achieve this, they focus on ritual rather than discussions of doctrine. So the plates are for the different religious events that are familiar to all humanity, births, deaths, marriages, and processions. Mm. And so in 
documenting these various religious ceremonies, is Christianity represented amongst that? Yes. In that, yeah, right. yeah, um, but it's broken down into Protestants, Catholics, right. and all the various um, uh, Baptists, um, even, yeah, various types of Calvinists. And how's the, how does the text support the, the volumes? Like, what's the basis of the writing? Is it kind of drawn from, so for example, here I'm looking at um, the picture of the, the Temple of Japan, um, which probably has been engraved off a drawing. From another book, that's, yeah, yeah. The, the location of them both being, living in Amsterdam, helped but the creation of this book because that was one of the centres of the book trade. Right. So they had access to lots of different, and travelogues becoming popular in the Enlightenment. But then the text to describe what's happening, what was their basis for understanding that? So, I mean, they were printed separately. They were, um, you'd purchase the text and you'd put the plates in where they were. So they, there's not that much of a relationship between the text and the, oh. and the illustrations. Tell me a little bit about the provenance of this collection into the Auckland Library's collection. So one of the, like I said, we've got two copies of it. One of them was donated by Henry Shaw, who was one of our great rare book donors. Mm. And the second one was by Mr Norman Spencer, who was um, sort of better known for his philanthropy for the University of Auckland and the Art Gallery, but he also donated us uh, 77 rare books. He was um, a very prominent Freemason, and there's a note in one of the volumes that he donated pointing out there is a plate for the Freemasons. Right. Which is quite interesting. It is interesting. So presumably that... Highly ceremonial, yes. the Freemasons, of course, and um, but wouldn't necessarily consider them a world religion, but <laughs> nevertheless, I suppose this book isn't limited to that. Um, and what's happening in this one here? These um, dervishes, dancing dervishes from um, Turkey. Turkey. Mm. It's a beautiful illustration, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. It's, it's really, they're really wonderful. So you've mentioned that it's a, it was a bestseller. I mean, tell me about what becomes or how something becomes a bestseller in the 1700s. Bernard, yeah, the publisher and author was a clever marketer. He um, put ads in newspapers for subscriptions and that gathered a lot of business. I mean, for a, a volume this size with mm. this many plates, uh, one of the Hunt and Jacob put in their book that Bernard and Picard could have afforded to buy it, but not the people working in their studios. Mm. So it's, it was a luxury item at the time, and even then, for it to sell out and be reduced was quite a roaring success, really. And across Europe, I assume, like not just Absolutely. in the Amsterdam gentry. No, well, yeah, the Dutch, English and German translations uh, progressed very quickly afterwards. Mm. Brilliant. And I know that you've done some additional writing, so people can find out more by going to... There's more about it on the Auckland Library's Heritage blog, and also the UCLA have digitised each language of it, the French, English, Dutch and German, and digitised it. Awesome. So if you um, yeah, want to Google Picard's Ceremonies UCLA, you'll be able to um, read it for yourself and see these great illustrations that we're talking about. Right, so you can enjoy it from the comfort of your own home or come down to see us at Auckland Libraries at the Reading Room and have a have an actual close-up look um, at the cabinet this month. Um, and of course we'll get it out for people who want to come and have a look at it any other time of the of year as well. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you very much, sir.